Welcome back, podcast listeners. Today, we're going to dive in deep to our part two series of insecurities. As always, this information on this podcast is not designed to diagnose, treat or prevent any condition. It's for information purposes only and a platform to share personal experiences. Please seek advice from your healthcare professional before making any changes to your current lifestyle. Stay tuned because the Alpha Babes podcast is about to go live in three, two, one. Welcome to the Alpha Babes podcast. You're here with the Alpha Babes sisters, Hannah and Mia. You're greeted by the Wheat Pack sisters. Uh, literally, <laughs> we're sitting across my little coffee table here and um, I'm just going to put it out there. I have really bad period pain right now and I've got a giant he- he- weedy shoved down my pants yeah, and it's communal because Hannah's <laughs> like... I've had a reaction to some sort of drink that I've eaten so my stomach is like eaten. four months pregnant, Yeah, drunk, and, whatever. Yeah. And so we're communal because we don't have like two Wheaties. Anyway, you just vision that I've got a giant wheat pack shoved down my pants. I've got no bra on and I don't care. <laughs> and I'm just going to come right out and say it. I, I feel like this is the audience where we will be accepted for this image. And, you know, I've, I've literally walked into me place ripped off my jeans and demanded <laughs> track pants and I'm in the baggiest of jumper and the loosest of track pants oh it's a it's a hot sight and as as I'm across the t- table from Mia she just keeps like jiggling <laughs> her wheat sack in front of me so no. it's <laughs> yeah. we're gonna we've got a really serious topic so yes. we're yeah. getting this totally out of us um but we just thought we'd give you a nice visual and a nice laugh to start off with but we wanted to do a part two to this series because we got such a positive um, reaction from the first one. Um, yeah. A lot of laughs. Heaps of laughs. So we got DMs going, oh my God, I can't stop laughing <laughs> from your po- recent podcast. That um, was good. But we thought it would be important to have a part two. Um, Mia and I have just been kind of talking. This one's a lot more serious. We, we spoke a lot about the external factors that make us feel insecure. So mainly our body. Um and, you know, how that was created for us. Um, if you haven't listened to that episode, jump back two episodes and have a listen. But we're going to talk about insecurities on the inside. So a lot of what we feel on the inside, we're sometimes too insecure to even voice it. Um, mm-hmm. we, that's a part of us that we want to keep hidden. We don't want people to know. And if you think about what what we all do is we always walk outside putting our best front on. Yeah. You all you need to do is just jump on Instagram and 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 you know Mia and I too we're, we're selective with what we share. We are real and we will put the not so highlighty real stuff on Instagram, but there's been a lot of times which I just haven't as well. And that's what? just being completely <laughs> transparent. Yeah, like shared, shared certain things that you didn't feel oh, comfortable with. Yeah, yeah well cuz you're human, of course. I'm so, not going to put like, you like, know, just a pack of tampons letting yeah. everyone know it's my my period time. <laughs> Mind you, Mia's no, just pretty much done just, that. I've just pod. done that on the potty. <laughs> no, but yeah, like of course, I don't. I think that that's just human nature. Of course, you. It's like not great feeling vulnerable and exposed, and that's actually not a nice feeling to sit with. And you, know, I guess sometimes you don't feel comfortable broadcasting out to 
who the hell knows? Like, how, how do you even know who's listening and who's mm. not? But I anyway. feel that this is why it's super important to actually talk about it because people will construct mental but, images of us mm. thinking we're insecure free, which is so not the truth. Of course. and But this – on this platform, I think it's more appropriate that we are open. Like mm. we've said so many times that the podcast is a, su- such a better space for us even to talk about things that we aren't comfortable talking about rather than just blasting on Instagram. I don't know. It's just not the platform. I feel like people listen more on a podcast. And I know yeah. that I have like, – here's one of my inside securities is I – I have felt insecure about sharing more deep and meaningful stuff on an Instagram story than what I do a podcast because I'm not really sure if if people are really listening or whether they're just letting their Instagram stories just run over. You know mm. how you sometimes drain down all your stories but yeah, people yeah. aren't really listening? Or you just tap in next, 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 yeah, next. And, yeah, and you kind of think, well, you want to be putting out content that's relevant but you also have a message to share. So this is why the podcast is just so epic for us it's such an easy space easy space but we're going to talk about insecurities on the inside we're going to we're going to share um some personal stories as well um i'll start so that me is like thank god i've Excellent. got oh, she, she does always, have a story i always like gives me more time i like it <laughs> like to warm her up before i launch her into i'm uh, warm i got this heaty weedy <laughs> heaty yeah, in my crotch toasty toast heated anyway um if i'm honest this whole um you know, stuff that's going on in America has been um, really full on for me. And um, I'm not going to dedicate an episode on talking about this. I think there's enough going on, um, but I've done a lot of reflection and a lot of learning and a lot of unlearning as well. But the one thing that brings up a lot of insecurity in me is having to use my voice and having to speak up when I see injustice being done. For me, one of my my things that I don't one of one of the things I I believe I will continue to do for the rest of my life is recover from people pleasing. I am forever just trying to make people happy, even at my own expense, it, it, particularly at my own expense. So for me, you know, I won't want to always speak up and use my voice because I don't want to upset somebody else, especially when I know it will upset someone else. So there have been many conversations that I've had to have with Mia where I haven't wanted to speak up, but Mia has demanded that I speak up Mm. and I tell her and I have felt really uncomfortable, really. So when I think about insecurity, I want you to kind of see that as when you feel insecure, it means you're feeling uncomfortable about something. Yep. I think that's a nice way of kind of saying it um, so that you connect with it. But I am uncomfortable using my voice. And we'll go right back. You've heard me briefly tell this story that when we first started, we started, I started predominantly on Snapchat because in my mind, Snapchat was where you did the serious stuff, the mm. the long chats, you know. For me, getting up and posting a photo of me in doing my makeup or me outfit of the day is highly uncomfortable. I don't like doing that and you won't really see me doing that. So for me at the beginning, I thought, yep, Snapchat is more my jam because I can have a longer conversation, a more serious one. And I saw other influencers doing that. Um, but I will tell you that every time I get on Instagram and every time I share, I still have that 
twinge of uncomfortableness going, are people going to accept me for what I'm saying? Are they mm. enjoying what I'm sharing? Because I is that, And that goes back to the people-pleasing type thing? Very much. Mm. Because I think one of the hardest things for me in being in social media, and I know this is just turning into a social media talk at the moment, but um, I am the master, I believe, of reading body language and situations. Due to my upbringing, I sit back and observe a lot. I think the hardest thing for me has been on Instagram um, or Snapchat or all those social media platforms is I don't actually get to always see the other people. And so I can't really judge or navigate what is going on. Therefore, you, therefore, you don't know whether you're accepted. Totally. Yeah. And therefore, my truth and what I speak is mm. is literally what I think. Mm. But I can't mold myself into kind of being uh, with the majority, which is really liberating because I do know what I think, and it is important to express it. But if we kind of put a background story, I remember being 14 years old and I had um, this girlfriend um, and we were really close and I remember, I think I've briefly shared on another episode, I remember not having an opinion about things. So it would be like, oh, Hannah, what do you think? And I would literally like run off what April thought. I would tell, oh, well, April thinks this, this is what I think too. Or April's wearing this, this is what I'm wearing as well. And so I never wanted to stand out. I never wanted to be different. I never wanted to be seen. And that has been my limitation that I've put on my entire life. Please don't see me, I'm invisible. So to go against the grain on social media has been huge. And plus, another thing for me on on Instagram especially is you, you're highlighting the good stuff and that brings up a lot of uncomfortableness in me because I felt like that was my family. I felt like we projected this happy Christian mm. family <laughs> who couldn't be fucking further from the truth. Like yeah. literally just just a schmozzle. Yeah. And um, I sometimes feel like Instagram can feel like that. You're like, well, look at me. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And the next minute you're knowing that this person's, you well, know. you get off the stories and they're screaming at their kids or they're, you know, fighting with their husband or whatever. Yeah, and, and I applaud the people who really show both sides um, within balance because I think sometimes people do it the other way where they're showing nothing but. Negativity. Yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say in in – Many, many conversations. I've told you about five stories in there. Um, side tangent, left and right. No, there was no intro for that. <laughs> I feel like my I listeners... I feel unaware. No, our listeners just know it now. Um, the thing that makes me insecure is using my voice. Speaking up in fear that I'm going to upset somebody. So do you feel in this current time with everything that's going on in the States and the you know, racism talks and everything, are you finding that uncomfortable to talk about because because of you not sure what to say? I think I think a bit of both. So if I was super honest, one of my um, – so Mia's going to talk about some defence mecha- mechanisms that she throws up, right? Um, and I won't steal that from her. She can do that. But one of mine is – one of my defence mechanisms is um, – I probably suffer, and I, I read this in um, High Performing Habits. I just read this book, and it said that one of – so I naturally see myself as a leader, but sometimes what leaders can fall into is a sense of s- superiority, so feeling that they know everything and that their ideas are just so different from everybody else's. And so you kind of fall into this false sense. So the fact that I knew nothing about 
white privilege. Mm. In fact, my understanding of what white privilege was was a white person not accepting everyone of colour. And I thought, no, I, I'm, I do that. Like I yeah. think it's important to accept everyone of colour like, and embrace their differences and that's really what is what I thought white privilege was. So I have had to really own the fact that I don't know everything mm. and that has been my defect defense mechanism because how I got myself out of massive holes and and where I had no one to talk to I read books Mm. so if I knew had knowledge and I could apply that knowledge it meant I was ahead of the game so the fact that I didn't actually truly understand what was going on and that I actually had to not talk I had to listen and learn um and and admit that I didn't know it um, was really uncomfortable but great at the same time because I love education mm. and I love learning this but my understanding was just so limited. I didn't know enough and yeah. that was uncomfortable because that's one of my defence mechanisms is like, well, you can't outsmart me. Yeah, I've read 5,000 books. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like that's that su- superiority thing coming out mm. and um, I really want to be honest and transparent in that space because – you know, a lot of people have always come to me to talk about things and they'll look to me for advice. And so that feeds that part of me that says, I know what I'm talking about. Sure, of course. Right? It validates. It validates. But when you don't know, one of the most powerful things that I've learned, because I I got delivered this lesson a lot as a teacher, was if a kid asked a question, don't pretend like you know the answer. Turn around and validate that kid and say, you know what, that is a fantastic question. I'm not sure of that answer, but I'm going to come back to you with it. Mm. I think that that's, that's really, that's ownership. Yeah. And I think that that's important. And also like, um, yeah, anyway, I feel like I've hogged the mic, um, but she's <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of insecurities. Uh, yeah. So I guess, I guess for me, it's worrying about disappointing people, worrying about making sure that they're okay at my own expense, using my voice. And one of the most uncomfortable, I think 2020, I've had to use my voice more than ever and have uncomfortable conversations with people that I know, in particular my sister. We've had to have many heart-to-heart conversations that have been highly uncomfortable for both of us. Um, but the reason why we had them is because we love one another. And it was, it's important to to push part, past that because the easiest thing is to shut up and say nothing, yep. just like what's going on at the moment. And and there is a place for silence and silence isn't bad um, in some situations, but it's just about making sure that you get it right in your own self first before you go and broadcast and educate others or just be a copy and paste of posts. Mm. And we I actually used yeah. to do that. Just on that, we ended up, um, taking down the black tile. I don't know if – I'm sure if you're on Instagram, you would have seen all of the – you just the black screen being posted up by every single one. And I th- I think that we – it's funny. We posted that and it was – we're in like two minds. We did it not because everyone else was doing it, but we, we saw the like solidarity movement. We were like, yes, like we're a supportive of this. And we're we still stand, supportive of it. Stand with you. But then we also afterwards, a couple of days later, we actually ended up taking it down. And we took it down because we, as Hannah said, we wanted to – not to say, oh, we don't support this at all because it's not like that at all. But I feel like posting a black square – 
what what does that even mean and what will that accomplish? And I think that our platform can be used in a way that we don't just have to do what everyone else is doing and we can still support what is going on and the movement behind it in our own way. And, and I guess for me, I, I mean, I cannot tell you the mental gymnastics I did in my own head about that black tile. Oh, right, Be- yeah. Because I was just like... I, and we don't want to upset anybody no. and then look like we don't care because we are like a thousand percent Yeah, so this goes so deeply. straight into my insecurity mm. because the thing is, is that, you know, my purest intention is always to show love and, and acceptance and all of those things. And there, you know, I think... The, this movement has meant that there's had to be a lot of ownership over things that we didn't even realise, the unconscious bias, the things that, you know, like I, I cannot, will say it, I called Mia and I was like, Mia, like, can you say this about people? Like, is oh, that I, even- I said that, I was like, is, is this offensive? Because, but this comes down to white privilege, does it not? Mm. To say that, we are so privileged at the fact that we don't even know if we're being offensive or not. Like, obviously, the the obvious ones, you know, not to say, and mm. that is offensive. But subtle things that you'd have to check yourself on, that is the definition of white privilege. Because if we were a person of colour, we would know that all too well. Because you would feel it. Because you would feel you it. You would feel the and hurt. Yeah. And, and you would feel the rejection. I- exactly. Exactly. And so, um, yeah, we did. We, we, I've, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And that's an uncomfortable that. place to be in when you don't know something. You know, that is, again, another one of my insecurities is, well, I've got to know because if I know, it means I'm a, one step ahead, which means I can control any bad shit that's going to come up mm. because I know. And, mm. I, and I can use my mind to out clever any situation. So when, I, when you take that aspect away, I feel vulnerable. And this is what is going to come a lot, a lot out of this podcast is our insecurities that we have create vulnerability. And vulnerability can be a beautiful place. But what I learned early in my, in my uh, journey, um, especially on Instagram, was that vulnerability is a beautiful thing because it brings connection. But you have to have boundaries with your vulnerability as well because you mm. can leave yourself so raw and so mm. open and so exposed that if you are somebody who has had difficult situations, like I'll speak of myself, if I if I am so raw and honest and vulnerable and have no boundaries with my vulnerability, it can spiral me back into a very dark place from trauma. Mm. And so watching everything that has gone on has brought up so much trauma within my own self, even though I know this isn't about me, but it's just the the empathy that I feel for the people of colour is so high Mm. and so close to my own home because these people don't feel like they're worth anything. And if I think about my own really deep hidden work that I still need to work on is my own sense of self-worth. Yeah. And and that is really low and has been really uh, not great in 2020. Um. And you won't know that from my Instagram stories, um, but it has been something that has just been flaring up left, right and centre in my own life. But 
I've now hugged the mic so much. So we're going to okay, pass. We're, we're actually 20 minutes in, but it's fine. 20 minutes. What was I for my bicep chat? I can't remember. <laughs> but I guess what I'm, fine. I guess what I'm trying to say is that, you know, we all have insecurities and me being vulnerable right now and sharing them with you is is hopefully to say that you're not alone in all of this. Yeah, and 100%. Mia has different insecurities to me, but there is sort of likeness in both. I think that, yeah, I think that everyone, I think we can all agree we all have insecurities. And I think a lot of what we say, you're probably nodding your head going, yeah, like I feel uncomfortable about that too. And um, I think although, you know, so we all share that in common. I think for me, my insecurity is of my own emotion. I, I think that I am scared of my own emotion and therefore I don't show it. So... We kind of, Hannah and I, previous to getting on this, we'd, we were talking about it and I said, you know, like, I feel so comfortable with being, this sounds so weird, but being angry, like, I'm mm-hmm. okay in that space. So, if we talk about emotion, that's an emotion that I'm okay in and I think that that's because I'm naturally, I'm naturally go to a defensive, but, but I feel everyone does. Like if you're everyone under attack, has a, everyone has a defense. Yeah, mechanism. of course. Like you defend yourself, then my defense is anger. So, if somebody comes at me, you better believe I'm coming back at you with swear words. I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to shut I'm, down. I'm yeah, stop listening. Stop listening. I'm going to put my wall up and I'm be like pretty much like f you. Like let me tell you. Like you want to fight? Like let's go. Not punch on. Hello, I'm not a psycho, but um, but I'm like gonna, I'm a. You're like that, but I'm going to pause you with that because I think that that was Mia. That emotion served Mia in in every aspect of her life. But for myself, I'm so uncomfortable with my Mm. anger. I'm actually scared of my own anger Mm. that I will not. There have been many arguments that I've had with Mia where I have raged, like raged with anger, and to me, felt so out of control. And probably to Mia, she's like, oh. Bloody hell, about no, time. I said I think I said that to you in yeah. one of our many fights where I was just, <laughs> I was like, Oh, finally mm. you grew some balls. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Which like you you made you me did it. Which made you angry. Yeah. No, but you know what I mean? Like I I respond to that. If somebody can tell me how they feel and they come at me that way in anger. I, I I'm okay with mm. that. Like it's really strange. But yet if Hannah comes to me um and if it's both ways if she comes to me and is super vulnerable and crying and you know all of that breaking down being vulnerable showing um that side I'm uncomfortable with that on the other end I'm also uncomfortable with doing that as well like I am uncomfortable with being real and honest with my feelings and how I really feel because I'm scared with what will come up and that I can't control it I think that I feel in control weirdly when I'm angry but if I'm vulnerable and raw and I feel weak and not in control and I feel like the other person has the upper hand and I don't like that feeling of have somebody overpowering me. Mm. I need to be top dog. Mm. You know what I mean? So, but, I, it, but it's so interesting because this year Mia and I have had to face our insecurities. Mm. So – Mia, Mia, I have had to voice my opinion um, or voice how I feel 
um, knowing that I was going to not necessarily please Mia mm. or please whoever I was discussing this with or whatever. Um, and now I was uncomfortable. Um, but I was heard by the other person. And that to me was everything. I wanted to be seen and I wanted to be heard. Mia, on the other hand, she usually goes to anger, yeah? Mm. But you've had multiple experiences with me, with your friends, where you've been super vulnerable. And I've ha- I've hated it, and but it's, it's becoming... It's, I still hate it, but it's becoming um, something that I'm not scared of as much. I still It's still a very um, unsettling feeling. But I think it's also like I know if I come at you with anger, I know what I'm getting back. It's anger. Mm. Are you going to yell at me? Whatever. I know that. But, you, you, but I don't know what's coming if I say, hey, I'm really hurt here. You've upset me or this is how I feel. Um, I don't – I'm – you know, being very vulnerable and honest, I don't know what the other person's going to come back at me with. And this Mm. is recent, extremely recent, um, where I've had a conversation and and I was being very vulnerable and raw and felt very uncomfortable with expressing. Well, you actually stood up to you, stood up for yourself, but without anger. I did. Yeah, Yeah. I did. I, yeah, I stood up for myself and um, in a way that I've never done before. So it felt extremely foreign. And yet, the what I was met with, it didn't exceed my expectations. My I was let down. Do you effing hate that? I was like, wow, really? <laughs> I'll just do the angry card. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And mm-hmm. I was just like, but, but it was important for me, I think, to go there in that space, and it uncovered a lot of things with this other person that I'm so grateful that we've gone down that road because I think if I went down the road of being there definitely wouldn't be the result that I have now so let me ask you a question who so a lot of a lot of life is about making sure you turn up being proud of the person that Mm. you are so if you think about Mia in the angry self and you think I'm of Mia as vulnerable. Ne- yeah. Which, which, which Mia do you? Vulnerable all day. So why? Because I don't like the feeling that I get when I, like for example, I'll use you as an example where I've just gone off my tree at you and I know I hurt you. And then I feel like a shit piece. Like I'm like, oh cool Mia, like you're, yeah, real big top dog. You've hurt your sister's feelings and you're, you're a douchebag is what you are. And then I go through this, you know, circle of like, wow, Mia, you're an asshole. Like you shouldn't have said that. Why do you always say this? And I just make, and then I get angry at me. Mm. So it always starts with anger, but then ends in anger, but it starts with the other person, but always ends with me. Mm. And I'm always left feeling angry at myself for, for not really not ever being in control. So I, I guess I lead myself on a false sense of real, uh, security saying I'm in control if I'm angry but I'm not really mm. because I'm, I lose I, – I'm never in control. I'm never proud of the end result. Mm. It never, it's never good. And it always ends up with me going, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. It's really interesting obviously knowing me my entire life. Mm. Um you know, one of me is uh, we all have um, insecurities and we also have, um, you know, past hurts in our lives. And one of the things that, you know, Mia growing up, because my brother and I are only 13 months apart and Mia and I are six years apart, Mia was left out a lot. Yeah. And she felt like she wasn't important because she was left out of conversations. And on the other end, we left her out because we were trying to protect her. 
and she didn't need to be exposed to these adult situations when she was just a kid. So it goes both ways. There is always a reason why people do what they do. But as Mia's got older, it's interesting because when you're hurt, so Mia was hurt as a child, she she didn't want to be rejected, right? Mm. But what she ended up doing in her relationships is she became a person that rejected others so that she would stay in control. So that's the anger, right? Sure. I'll reject you first. So if, you can't reject so me. So you can't reject me. But the interesting shift for Mia in 2020 has been because we've had really uncomfortable conversations together as sisters you know, in the past, say, six weeks um, and and other times, um, I believe there's been a shift in Mia because what she wants more than anything is relationships. Mm. So in order to have relationships that she wants, she's changed her approach, which is she's let go of the anger approach mm. and you've opened up to the vulnerability. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Both unpracticed, like the vulnerability is unpracticed. The more you do it, the better you get. Yeah, sure. Like I can't have the conversation without crying like that and I hate that I hate but why do you hate crying because I think that it's beautiful I think it's beautiful too because if you turn around and you're crying I wouldn't be like why mm. why are you crying but I, I don't see I, it as weak either. no but I see that for me I think as weak and I think it's only because it's um as you said it's unpracticed I'm not familiar in that space of letting somebody in to that extent I think it's less to do with the person seeing me and it's more about me seeing me mm. Like, if that sounds funny, it sounds like I don't know myself at all and possibly don't, but there's emotions in there that I don't want to see, but I know I need to see. And every time I'm vulnerable, they come up Mm. and I'm like, fuck, it's, you know, there it is again. It's still there, not going away. And I get to, I'm always met with that. The same feelings of, you know, past relationships, the same feelings of when I was a kid, all of that sort of thing, just in your face again. And Mm. you're just like, you know, you just, I mean, obviously that just screams deal with your shit. You need to deal with your shit. And I haven't, I haven't dealt with it. Of course, I I, I think it's, it's, that's my own journey to go on. And I just feel like I, you know, I, I'm not there in that space where I'm willing to go down that road, but that's my ownership and I'm like, but I know you're that. you're being really hard on yourself right now because you have gone down that road. I Yeah, to, in, a, to, a, to an, an extent. extent. There yeah. is, there, you, it's just the way I see it in you, it's like um, you – it's interesting. I heard this uh, told by one of the other speakers. Her name's um, escaping my memory at the moment um, – but she talked about your brain being like a house, right? And, you know, you've got you know that you know that house left, right and center. But there's a whole renovation being made to that house. And all you need to do is just walk through it. Mm. But you're too scared to walk through it because you'll have to leave behind the house that you know. Yeah, of course. And you've got to embrace this new renovation, which has got everything that you want, but it means that you're gonna to have to open the door and look at it. Mm. And so the what I see for you is that you're you're trying you're it's like you're at the door and you got your hand on the handle and you're opening the door to want to see something better but you're also scared because you're going to have to let go what you already know of yourself of course and if you have to let go of what you already know of yourself you're fucking vulnerable oh because who abso- the fu- who are you absolutely exactly absolutely and i think that I think that that's why I've hidden behind anger because i'm just so good in that space like i just But am- if you let go of the anger mm. You know, and you think about the fact that through the conversations that you've been vulnerable, have you had a better outcome? 
yeah. every time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And then, I mean, with just recently, you know, I just it, – it's – yes. Yeah, I did have a better – without just blurting out everything, you know, obviously to keep people um, – private the certain Mm. things private um but yes yeah if you allow yourself in that space to to be vulnerable you do get a better better result and I and I guess that has been proved to me time and time again Mm. now but it's still recently it is of course and um I don't think I'll be like skipping in to be vulnerable and be like hey this is me crying (laughs) welcome me with open arms like I still am not I it was still I think it will be an insecurity for a while but but that goes back to what I was saying around being vulnerable but having boundaries because mm. if you were to just like start crying and say here I am but you were to well, it's do it with the wrong person and they didn't meet well, you well this is what I'm saying then like th- then, yeah, then that's, that's disappointing more da- that's more damaging yes. because it it deters you from wanting to be vulnerable yeah, exactly and I think that that's in recent um, days is what has I've been met in that space by a few different people you know I got to get to a place of vulnerability with one person and eventually was met with a beautiful end result but with others I was like I was left vulnerable and I felt and like no just and, and naked because it's the exposure sp- it is and I and no one met me there no mm, one mm, they could not mm, come to that space mm. and I think what that says again is you're not important mm. I don't see you I don't care Yep. is what I felt and and it's been left out it's been you're not good enough it's all of those those emotions that I'm so uncomfortable feeling because it dates back to my upbringing all these all these different things and it just validates that and you're like oh yeah cool mm. you, you you haven't given a shit about me this whole time yeah and that's why when you're practicing your vulnerability muscle because mm. everything is a muscle and you just need to expose yourself to more experiences in order to get stronger at it um you've got to choose it with people who you know can meet you in that place mm. at least when you start yeah and also but the, it's no guarantee it's not 100 yeah, it's never a guarantee full, full guarantee for sure like you can be there and that person still not have the capability within themselves in that present time to be there in the capacity that you need I think that you know it is still a risk it's a mm. risk there's a risk you have to take but I think in the most sense it's um you're it's not the risk with the other person so it's you're taking a risk on yourself so Mm. you're like okay I might know that I'm going to go into this and there may be a possibility that that feeling won't go away straight away but I'm going to risk it because I know that this is in the long term really a healing process for me on the journey of of accepting and being comfortable in those emotions and space Mm. and also you becoming more accepting of yourself and you, and you wanting to um, accept yourself as being the person that isn't just the angry aunt. Yeah. You know, it's the person that actually, you know, has... Has a feeling. Yeah, has a heartbeat. Yeah, I have, yeah, I have <laughs> got feelings, you know, like, yeah. And I think that um, I really feel like in recent years, and I will say, I've said this to you before, but without Alpha Babes, I, I've, I don't think I'd be... I, on this journey at all I, I think I I still wouldn't know myself I think that I've got a, still a journey to go on for sure but I know myself so much more and I credit that to I think Alpha Babes and having a closer relationship with you because you know when you surround yourself with people that 
you know, Hannah's just expressed it, you know, she she knows it all, she's a know-it-all, but like she's a far more emotionally intelligent um, than I am and I and I know that and I'm okay with that, but she's t- she teaches me things and there's always lessons to learn, but without creating alpha babes, that ne- I don't think that ever would have happened. I think mm. people think that we're just like we've been close forever and we just have not. No. Our alpha babes has really brought us together prior to that you know, you're always my sister and I love you and care about you. But we didn't have the relationship or bond that we, we have now. No, and and just this will be a massive side tangent and another probably podcast to be honest, but, um, you know, you talk about the unconscious bias of the, of the racism. You know, you don't know that you're doing it and then you do it and you become consciously aware and you're like, oh, yes. shit. Yes. So the unconscious bias between my sister and I is that we were always compared, mm. always so basically um, what that did was create um, a competition between Mia and I, but it also created a we- like a wedge and that wedge was, well, I've got to be better than you. Mm. And so the way that we would be better than each other is by just being totally different. Mm. So what it created pre-alpha babes, it created like just such – we were just so different that it, it made it impossible to connect. Yeah. Because Mia was one end and I was the other end and there was no common ground. Mm. So, and that was created in our subconscious. We didn't even know it, but it was just little remarks the entire time. It's like conditioning. It was being manipulated and we didn't even know it. Mm. And that's what I see happening at the moment. Yes. And Mm. so I, 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 I feel mad and I feel angry for these people and, and for, you know, even white people who have been conditioned and manipulated and programmed by the government and by media and by stories yeah, and by all it, these it things. If you haven't watched the Netflix show 13. I haven't and my client told me about it and you I need really to, want to watch it, it. It like the government whole and I'm wow. Like I'm not going to spoil it but watch it because when I watched that so much was brought up for me and it was you're manipulated and you don't even know it. Mm. And and that's what brings up my relationship with my sister is that we were being manipulated by our father and we didn't even know it to turn ourselves against each other. And Alpha Babes has been what has created the common ground and it has not been smooth sailing. No. We, we have fought like no. you wouldn't believe. And it's also – Alpha Babes has also become like – also a crutch as well because if we're not careful, all we all we do exactly. is talk about alpha babes exactly, and not actually talk and be like, "Hey, how we was how was your day?" Check in with each other. Yeah, so or, I think we see what's actually going on in the other person's life. So it, it's catch twenty two, and we're going massively off topic here. But I guess what we're trying to say here is that we all have insecurities, but we have to own our insecurities in order to make a change. Mm. And you got to become aware of that. Now, I I don't. I don't think um, – it's interesting because being somebody who has to know it all has a lot to do with me feeling in control, right? Mm. And if I don't know the answer, I will go find the answer out by learning. So I read. That is what I do. I read and I read and I read because I want to be in control. But what being a know-it-all does or feeling like you know all the information is it, rem- it means that your mind is closed, Mm. And what your mind needs is to be open. So the only way a parachute works is by being open. So the only way your mind works is by being open. So if I've got this insecurity of being a know-it-all and having to know everything, 
then what that means is that I'm not going to let in any new information with that belief. Mm. So with that, that holding on to that insecurity of I've got to know it. And now I'm the first to say there are only aspects of my life that I feel that I'm a know it at all. So when it comes to personal development or relationships, I feel like I'm strong. But you, you ask me about mm, makeup. Yeah, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> do you see my eyeliner when I try to do strip-on <laughs> lashes? Um, I know nothing and I'm happy to admit that. Sure. So it's not an every – It's not your space. No, but when it's when it's something that I've invested a lot of time and energy and thought into – Do you think it's because people come to you for personal development questions, right? So like i.e. me, like I'll come to you when I need advice on certain things in that sort of realm – and I guess the side of the people pleasing side of you comes out where you're like, well, they've come to me because, you know, and they need an answer from me. So I need to step up and be this know-it-all so I please the, that person. It's that a little bit of that, but mm. a lot of it has to do with it's now become a big responsibility. Yeah. And so I take... Like a title. I take response. Yeah, but I take responsibility like... Uh, very seriously and that has a lot to do with my upbringing of having to be responsible from a really young age having to be an adult when I should have been a kid Mm. having to navigate adult emotions when I should have just been a kid and so for me it's sort of like well um yeah it's it's so weird because sometimes your insecurity is your strength yeah and you know like Mia is a really really strong person and yet she's also a really vulnerable person too. Mm, Hannah's always called me the marshmallow. Yeah. Um, and so I think that there's there's that flip side to it. So um, it's always good to think about if, if you have a think right now, whether you're driving or you're listening to this on your walk or wherever you're listening, just think about well, what, what are my insecurities mm. on the inside and what makes me feel uncomfortable? And why am I running away from it? Yes. Why am I constantly putting that stuff, you know, under the carpet, running away from it and not facing it. Why is it so uncomfortable? I mm. think that, that that's the real question of – so we discover what you're uncomfortable about, but why? Mm. Why what will, is, will it be that bad if that comes out? Mm. You know, for me, will, it, will, I, will my world crumble around me if I'm seen crying and, and, mm. ha- and being vulnerable and in my truth? Mm. Will my world erupt? No, of course not. Yeah. Will it open a door to another opportunity or another conversation or a new learning about myself? Absolutely. Mm. So why be scared of that? Mm. So I think that why, the, the question of why is really important. And it's also um, if you come into a situation when you feel uncomfortable about something, like there's heaps more. Like I know that Mia doesn't view herself as smart. Oh, you know, yeah. she doesn't she she's brought that up before, you know, there's there's a lot of other aspects that I have as well, but if you keep telling yourself that like if I keep telling myself um that I don't want to have confer- I don't want to have hard conversations with people mm. because I don't want to upset them because it's more important about keeping them happy than not myself, then what that will keep doing is me being miserable yeah of course because I want to be heard actually and I actually want to be seen Hmm. even though contrary as a child I didn't want to be heard and I didn't want to be seen Mm. because I was frightened as fuck Mm. so but I'm not frightened as fuck anymore I and now that's what I desperately want in my life so I'm going to have to go forward in that space Mm. and so if you think about your own self and you think about what am I insecure about 
Like really think about that. What makes me feel uncomfortable? And then my challenge to you is I want you to create a situation or an experience where you hit that head on. Mm. So just like I did with social media, I haven't posted as much as what I thought I might have, even though I very much believe in the movement that's happening, but I needed to stop and learn and listen. Yeah. I needed to open my mind to see something different. And I my mind has been expanded like you wouldn't believe mm. around what actually white privilege means. Mm. I'm actually like I've done a lot of reflection and and, and I've um, it's forced me to take ownership of my own actions and what I've done. And if I'm brutally honest here and I, I feel comfortable in the space and maybe that's because I'm staring at Hannah right across the table from me where I'm – I think that, just side note, I think that is why I'm so comfortable like just talking because yes, we've got headphones on and there's a giant mic in my face, but really I'm always just feel like I'm having a conversation with you across mm. the table and I'm really okay. I'm super comfortable in that space. So I feel like I can just say whatever, but um, like I have a heat <laughs> heat pack down my crotch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like with all this stuff I've and all the reflection that I've done, I've had to take ownership that I too have played at some point in my life a point where I, I've played into, I guess, that white privilege thing and and actually maybe been racist in a way. Not mm. not in the obvious way of name calling and, and you know, leaving people of colour out or, or anything, the obvious ways, but my thought pattern maybe by – by stereotyping someone or maybe by fearing, uh, you know, a certain type of person because of what we've been conditioned around us to say them to be. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm. But that's when you watch 13, you'll mm. realise how much of your narrative has been manipulated. And that to me I have a hard time with because I want to be in control of my own thoughts and mm. my own life and what I feed it because mm. we can be um and it it takes a lot of work but it can be just the way and it, it's not like this drastic thing it's not I'm not talking like we live in a cult-like society it's not it's not like that it just happens ever so subtly but yeah. then it becomes so unconscious unconscious that you you're not even no, aware exactly and this is what I mean like I not consciously making the decision to think these thoughts mm. as they arise, but they happen and they mm. come into my head and then... Then you feel guilty. And then I feel guilty. I'm yeah. like, why would I think that? Yeah. Why would I think that? Yeah. And I'm talking super, super subtle here. Like, you know, I one, um, I'll use this as an example. I, if you watch this on stories a couple, like a week or so ago, or a few days ago, where I said I listened to one of our good friends podcast on the hype cast where it was um miles and cells talking about the racial topic and cell is uh an african man and and um mill is white and so they would it was a great conversation it really gave some other aspects of this conversation which was really insightful but cell was saying he goes you know me and me and miles we drive the same car and we have a nice car we work really hard for for our money and we've bought a really nice car and he said, it's it's crazy that like if he put the scenario of we both pull up in the same car, we're wearing the same suit, you know, he's filling up his car at the petrol station, I'm filling up mine. Miles goes in to pay for his fuel and the cashier girl automatically unconsciously thinks, wow, 
this man looks very successful. He must be a lawyer. He must be an accountant, whatever. And off he goes. And then Sal walks in, uh, a a man of colour, but in the same suit, in the same car, everything's the same. But she unconsciously thinks, how did he get his money? How is he in that He's position? He's a rapper. He's either a rapper or a famous football star or he's a drug dealer. And But this is what I mean. Like, so is that girl a racist? Mm. You know, but that is a form of racism. Mm. So what Sal was saying is that, you know, of course you're not going to say the N-word or, or anything vulgar like that. You would never think of saying that. But even those thoughts that you unconsciously think is still a form of that because what you're doing is you're actually putting this person into a box and saying, right, you belong here. This is what society tells me about you. You belong here and you can't ever be in the middleman. Why couldn't he be a lawyer, mm. or an accountant or, or, or whatever, mm. a doctor? Mm. There, there's, no, there's always one extreme to the other, you know, famous rapper, or a drug dealer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like when you watch 13, um, you know, I, 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 there's been so much injustice done here in Australia. And when we talk about our own people, oh. our own people of colour, and we think about the injustices that have been done to them, you know, That's I w- work in a school. Right, and I think about the indigenous perspectives that's actually taught in school. It's not enough. No, it is, and not it's, an, it's very not one-sided. It's and also like I don't like we learnt about all of the, the the heritage of Australia and all of the you know the stolen generation and all this sort of stuff. That was I'm I'm 31 this year. Like I can't remember all the way back. No, then. there's not enough of it. I I remember a story being in a school and there was this circumstance that happened and this mother of an Indigenous boy came in and she was outraged at what a teacher had taught. And then when I sat there and actually spoke to her and heard about the horrendous trauma inflicted on our on our Indigenous people, I didn't even know it. Yeah. I wasn't even aware. And then and that wh- comes down to white privilege again. Yeah, and we're, what, what, what do we get told? Oh, we have National Sorry Day here in Australia. We, yeah. you know, we, we always help our Indigenous people out, like blah, blah, blah. We get told something. But is it really truth? Mm. And who is telling it? And mm. that is, I think, the thing that we need to start to question because this has gone on for a hundred of years and this is this was making me feel so overwhelmed. If you've been watching me on stories, you would have heard me say, I feel overwhelmed. And the reason why I feel overwhelmed is because I'm such a big thinker person. I'm like, fuck, this has been going on for hundreds of years. Mm. And when you watch 13, on you are Netflix. going to see what the American government has done and sure maybe it's one-sided I don't know there's always two sides but have a look because it just brings you into a higher state of awareness and that is what we all need to do especially white people I think Mm. more so than ever white people need to be you know in this in this space this is for white and this is what the Black Lives Matter is fighting. Yeah, and and but what it's really about is um it's not stereotyping because a white a white person stereotyped as well. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's known that we can't dance or we're bad <laughs> dancers or you know, white guys can't jump. You know what I mean? Like there's still the stereotyping, but when it comes to affect your life in the fact like I've been listening to people on Instagram, like people that I don't know, people of color going, "Do you have any idea?" the anxiety and fear I feel every single time a cop pulls me over. Mm. 
would a white man feel that way? Mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't know because I, when I get pulled over by the cops or something, I'm like, shit, was I speeding? But I don't fear. I don't fear the way they would fear. No, and, and that's fuck. But is it you know like I remember crying every time I got pulled over by a cop mm. in my twenties because what was fed to me was that you know the police were bad. Yeah. That was fed to me as a child. Like yeah. you can't you can't go trust a policeman. No. Right? So even though that that was unconsciously fed to me as a child, I then feared it even up into my 20s. I remember being 22 crying. Mm. Getting pulled over. I'm like, I have no idea why I'm crying. <laughs> this is embarrassing. I've done nothing wrong, yeah. but yet I felt yeah. it because yeah. of what had been shared. But we have been dancing yeah. all over the shop know, with our conversation, is, yeah, but, but I guess it's I guess kind of turned into like another podcast right now. Yeah, like yeah. we've yeah we've how long are we in? Fifty one minutes. It's yeah. quite late. Um, <laughs> but I guess to summarize, it is have a really hard conversation with yourself. Really ask yourself, what are my insecurities on the inside? What don't I want people to see? And, and what why? am I? And what am I uncomfortable with? But why? And why? Do you continue to keep yourself in that space? Mm. And the only way that you will elevate your space, yourself out of that space is by facing it. And it's and do it gentle. Don't do it all extreme. Um, but it's just it's slight little tweaks, slight mm. little movements. It's a conversation. It's saying, hey, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. And it's also you allow yourself to get to know yourself better. Mm. I'm now, I know myself in a different space than you know always being, as the, being vulnerable. the angry ant. I'm, mm. I'm more than that. I'm more than that. And yet without me being vulnerable and experiencing that and opening up, I wouldn't have known that I have – I have emotions. I have emotions. You, you are soft <laughs> I have Sally. Te- I have tear ducts. No, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you get out. You ask yourself, what are you insecure about, and why? Yeah. Okay. And then take yourself to a new place of how you want to start to turn mm. up mm. in your own life. And really, that's what you've got to have a hard conversation with: is Am I proud of who I put myself out there to be? And if not, what do I need to do to change? For sure. And that's it. I hope you guys feel a little bit closer to us. I honestly feel <laughs> like people that listen to this podcast really know the alpha babes. Yeah. In so much more depth than what you'll find on Instagram. So if you enjoy listening to our podcast, please leave us a review. Um, you know, let us know that you dig in our podcast. We that would you really see us and you hear us. You hear us and you see us <laughs> and we're doing a good job. But no, but really, like, you know, that would mean the world to us. Because we want to see you yeah. and we want to hear from you. And really that's what we've always – we want that. We want that relationship. So yeah. All there right. we go. Okay, we better leave it there. Peace. Peace.